One of the characteristics that organizations value most in a leader is the ability to consistently produce good results. In short, leaders are valued in large part for how productive they are. What gets in the way of greater productivity? Today, we are dissecting the disease of distraction and some ways to cure it. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and joining me today is my friend and leadership guru, Jack Zanger. Jack, I'm so glad we're talking about distractions today. I mean, every everyone has different distractions that plague them at work. Uh, do you feel our current work environment being split at home and in the office that people are more distracted now than they were in the past? Definitely, yes. Working from home generates a huge host of distractions not found in the typical office. These often include many people who don't really understand what it means for you to be working. <laughs> that obviously includes young children. Yes, I know. Also be, your spouse or <laughs> also be your spouse or partner who just has to ask you a quick question. I smile at the frequency of people being interrupted by their pets in the middle of a Zoom call. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, according to a 2010 Harvard study, the average person's mind wanders 47% of the time. So nearly half the time you're doing one thing, you are thinking about something else. <laughs> Angela Duckworth, the scientific director of Character Lab, and she said that some would argue that human attention, not money, is the most valuable commodity there is. It's the ultimate scarce resource. I think that's true. You know, many years ago, there were some studies conducted that concluded a manager's job is characterized by short bursts of attention on different topics, often lasting only four to 10 minutes. Each event is followed by a sudden lurch to another totally different matter, and then on to another and another. The big danger is that each interaction ends up being largely superficial. I believe this research is outdated. The situation is in some ways much worse and in a few ways, maybe a little bit better. Absolutely. You know, modern technology has compounded the number of communications bombarding every employee. We hear stories of managers who have more than 300 emails in their inbox when they begin work each day. Contrast that with my first executive job back in the 1960s, I would come into the office and have maybe seven to 10 letters waiting for me in my mail. <laughs> Only seven to 10? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, times have changed. Um, do you think distractions are a significant reason for lower productivity? In a word, yes. Not only is the, the distraction itself a cause for lower performance, but the very anticipation of a distraction causes productivity to drop. There is some really compelling research on interruptions, actually, and distractions. And it confirms that both the quantity and, and the quality of, of your work suffer. 
So uh, one research team conducted this interesting experience. They got around 50 college students and these students were asked to write three essays based on college, standard college essay prompts um, created by the college board. The participants were given 12 minutes to plan and outline their essays on paper. And then they were given 12 minutes to actually write their essays using a computer. And while they're working on their essays, the students were interrupted at random intervals with sets of unrelated puzzle tasks, like solving a math problem or unscrabbling certain words. And participants were instructed to complete as much of the interruption task as possible during each of the 60 second interruptions before switching back to working on their essays. These interruptions occurred during two of the three essays so that each participant completed an essay under each of the three conditions, no interruptions, interruptions during the planning phase and interruptions during the writing phase. So those three different times. And the essays were then graded by the trained graders using a scale from the college board. Both the number of words written and the accuracy of their work were assessed. A staggering 96% of the students did worse in interruption conditions, receiving significantly lower ratings in both the quality and quantity. And it makes you think about how distracted that I get writing just one email. <laughs> like the harsh reality is we can't, we can't totally get rid of distractions in our life. So how can we better control them? You know, there's this wonderful story in Greek mythology about Odysseus or, or the Latin name uh, Ulysses. Uh, he was a classic example of controlling distractions by not relying on your willpower. The story is that he wanted to hear the beautiful music of the sirens but he knew that his, this beguiling music led sailors to steer their ships into the rocks of the island. So Ulysses used two very clever techniques. Didn't try to change his behavior. He wisely chose instead to control his environment. He had his, his sailors plug their ears with wax so that they could not hear the siren's song, nor they could not hear his commands or pleas to sail closer to the shore. <laughs> then he had the sailors tie him to the mast away from the helm so that he could not turn the wheel and cause them to crash into the rocks. So as the story goes, they sailed by this island. They heard this beautiful music from the sirens. Uh, he heard it, begged the crew to steer closer so that they could hear it better. But because their ears were plugged, they could not hear his pleas. And Odysseus was able to achieve his goal of both hearing the music and keeping everyone safe by managing their environment and avoiding these destructive temptations. Today's business world definitely has several temptations and sirens calling. In an article you wrote about distractions, you said, quote, we can be lured into being controlled by them, or we can manage our environment and negate their effect, close quote. So today, we're going to break down the top four distractions people face at work and some solutions for managing those distractions in better ways. The first one, social media. 
Jack, I don't think you have this temptation <laughs> that I do to waste an hour watching totally pointless videos on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I suspect that many of our listeners uh, have seen the excellent Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. It explored the dangerous impact of social media. It showed leading tech experts and pioneers who have personally forbidden their children to use social media and who themselves seriously curtailed their involvement. A recent study showed the biggest distraction working from home is not children, it is social media, with many reporting wasting up to two hours a day on it. And the way to best combat those social media distractions is to turn off your notifications. <laughs> My husband, he erased all social media from his phone last year. He's stronger than I am. Um, but I found that even just putting my my phone far away from me when I work is is helpful. There is a study done by Dr. Duckworth, um, who I mentioned before, and it showed that students who place their phone further away from them, um, the higher their grades were. So Dr. Duckworth, she said, willpower is a limiting resource. It's unpleasant and we're not willing to do it for very long. So the best thing to do is create a situation where it's harder to be distracted. You can set aside a specific time for looking through social media, or you can just make it harder to access. Maybe this is the Ulysses solution you were talking about, Jack. That's exactly Ulysses at work. You have. Another set of distractions can be telephone calls. We exclude scheduled calls as a distraction because they're a, just a variant of a meeting but a frequently ringing phone can be a significant distraction. The solution, your telephone can have programmed into it a message that explains that you are unavailable until a specified time. The message encourages people to call back after that time if they wish to reach you. You know, it's okay to allow the call to go to voicemail. Nothing says we need to be frequently interrupted by the telephone, especially if we are working on a project that requires sustained concentration. Do you prefer a telephone call or an email? Mm, you know, that depends. If it's a sensitive or prickly issue, then a phone call is much better. If, if it's simply to communicate information, then I prefer email. Most of us read much faster than people speak. Plus I can access that interruption on my schedule and not have it kind of dictated to me. Well, that brings us to the, the bane of most everyone's existence, emails. For some people, emails are a real hardship. The minute a new email pops up on my computer, um, some of them are important, but most of them are spam. I, you know, it always makes me stop what I'm doing and check on it and then resume my work. It's so distracting. Yeah, you know, many people activate a feature of their email software that flashes a, a new incoming email on the corner of their monitor or screen. But fortunately, you can also deactivate that feature. You know, think about it. Traditional mail has no such feature and hence is far less distracting. You know, we're, we're totally oblivious to letters being delivered into our traditional mailbox. We can't conceive of someone constantly being informed of every piece of mail that's sorted and dropped in their, in their <laughs> mailbox. 
You can also set the time of day when you'll be answering email. You know, the wise counsel, I think, is for us to control email rather than letting it control us. Something that may not happen as often as it used to is unplanned visitors. Yeah, you know, current estimates are that about 42% of the workforce is working from home. Oh, you got it. You got to go back downstairs, okay? That is a beautiful puppy dog. Say hi, Jack. Hi. I'm only recording a podcast, okay? Okay. Can you shut my door? Lissy, shut my door. Shut my door. As you can tell, I frequently have unplanned visitors. <laughs> there will probably be about 25% who will continue to work remotely. That means that 75% will be back into an office where unplanned visitors will drop in. Now, clearly there are times for a totally open door policy, and there are times when that may not be such a good idea. There are many useful solutions, I think, to minimize this distraction. You can close your door if you've got one. You can put a note on the door that explains that you're working on a project and would appreciate not being interrupted until a very specific time. You know, when someone drops by, you can stand up and greet them and keep standing which sends a signal that you you don't want to be interrupted at this moment in time. And then after exchanging pleasantries, you can say, you know, what do you need? If we can, if we have time, let's dive into it right now, but maybe we should schedule this for a later time in the day. I think a big part of these different areas that you highlighted is recognizing what is distracting your workflow and setting some boundaries to help you focus better. Exactly. You know, many challenges in life demand that we develop new skills and we change our mindset. Controlling your environment will take some pressure off you and allow you to reduce the distractions that waylay your day and the quality and quantity of your output. Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corin and Jack Sanger and produced by Sanger Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Sanger Folkman's award winning 360 degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at sangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on sangerfolkman.com. <laughs>